You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. And today, after you get on listening to the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, you got to check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast. There is simply no better place to get all the news on the Big Ten conference than with Nate Dickinson in the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast app. And just a reminder, as you're listening to this, I'm actually currently in Alaska, so I pre-recorded this a couple of days ago. This entire week, we are doing a preview of Iowa schedule going in-depth each and every Power 5 team. We're going to be breaking down their top three offensive players, top three defensive players, key matchups, storylines, and ultimately giving you a prediction. Today, we are kicking it off with the two top-ranked matchups to begin the season, Indiana and Iowa State. We're going to be discussing all that on the show today. So just a reminder again, if you are looking for a reaction to um, any commitments, a reaction to any media day stuff, it will not be happening until next Monday. I'm out of the office this entire week, but I will have episodes dropping every single day for you previewing the season. So again, let's get into it. Let's start it and kick it off with Indiana. What a game this is going to be and what a terrible situation for Indiana to be in. And here's why I say that. There is a lot of hype coming into this season for Indiana. They had a, the, arguably the best season they've had in, in so long last year on the heels of Michael Penix Jr. When you look at this team and what they do, they had a very good defense last year. Offensively, they were actually kind of inconsistent. I know, hard to believe there, but they were actually inconsistent. I think the big thing that people realized or were noticing were the big plays and the jump balls and Ty Freifogel going up and, and grabbing anything in the air and Michael Penix having an unbelievable uh, Heisman type of season. But this is not an unbeatable team, and I feel like Iowa is a better team all around. So getting into Indiana in the preview for them, their top three offensive players to watch out for Michael Penix Jr., again, Heisman Trophy candidate last year before injuring himself, 14 touchdowns, 4 interceptions, only a 56.4% completion percentage. Um, But I'm more concerned here, there's really two things. Is Michael Penix Jr. entirely healthy? And if he is, how does Iowa contain him? Iowa has traditionally struggled with athletic quarterbacks. I think of the Penn State, Trace Trace McSorley, era that was a struggle for them they even struggled against Sean Clifford again running quarterbacks have never been a a great um a great deal for for Iowa they they typically struggle against them so um that to me is the first offensive player to watch out for offensive player number two is Ty Freifogel Uh, I'm an all-american type of wide receiver six foot two 205 pounds had 37 catches 721 yards receiving and seven touchdowns most thought that he was going to go to the nfl he shocked a lot of people by returning and i think he has unfinished business he is ready to make a big time impact um, for the indiana hoosers this year but again a third team all-american last year he was the big 10 receiver of the year first team all big 10 a blitnikoff award semifinalist and 
IU's most outstanding offensive player of the year. This is a guy that Iowa has to watch out for. Now, that works in Iowa's favor because I would argue Iowa's secondary is a top five secondary in the entire nation. But this week, Matt Hankins, Riley Moss, they will have their hands full. It'll be interesting to see how Phil Parker matches up on Ty Freifogel and how Indiana utilizes Ty Freifogel to get him open in certain situations considering Iowa plays a pretty standard base defense um, with a lot of zone coverage. The other guy to watch out for from an offensive perspective is Stephen Carr, a former five-star recruit from USC. He did not have a lot of playing time, but that's not the reason why I'm saying, I'm not talking about past stats as to why he is going to be um, the third best player. He's just the third person to watch out for in this battle. Over the last four seasons at USC, um, he has taught, totaled 1,319 yards on a five-yard um, per carry average and at 12 touchdowns, but never really was the lead guy for USC and ultimately transfers to Indiana. Now, Indiana loses Stevie Scott from last year, so they needed someone to replace him. Enter Stephen Carr. They need to get that running game established. Last year, the rushing attack was a was a disaster. Stevie Scott, 561 yards, 3.6 yards per carry, 10 touchdowns. Again, not a very good rushing offense. One of the worst in the league, actually, um, if you look at some of the advanced metrics. So, Stephen Carr is going to be interesting. How can he help uh, bolster this Indiana offense? And again, you might notice I only listed a quarterback, a wide receiver, and a running back. We are doing three. There were no offensive linemen really, in my opinion, worthy of consideration for that top three offensive players on the Indiana squad. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, this is a very strong defense. and This will be a really tough test for Spencer Petrist. Spencer Petras going into year two with a lot of um, question marks. Micah McFadden, the All-American linebacker with 10.5 tackles for loss, 6 sacks, 2 interceptions, 59 total tackles. He returns. Tywin Mullen, another All-American defensive back, 37 tackles, 3.5 sacks, 3 interceptions, 4 passes defended. He returns. Then they add a transfer from Ole Miss, Ryder Anderson, 7 tackles for loss, 2.5 sacks at Ole Miss. He is going to be a big-time contributor for the Indiana Hoosers. This is the defense that was one of the best in the nation last year, and they returned two All-Americans. Now, they did lose a few people, but this is going to be definitely the biggest matchup because on the offensive side of the ball for Indiana, I don't feel like they're going to be able to move the ball that well against Iowa's defense. On the flip side, I don't know if Iowa's offense has what it takes. And that will be the big difference maker, in my opinion. I think if Iowa can win the offense, and obviously this will be, this seems like obvious type of stuff, right? But if Iowa's offense can move the ball against Indiana's defense, they will win the game. I have no doubt that Iowa's defense will be able to stop Indiana's offense, despite what Indiana does bring from a firepower perspective. But Indiana's big thing is going deep. It's it's having explosive plays. And Iowa's big thing is stopping those explosive plays. And they are not replacing anyone in the secondary. This secondary is loaded and ready to roll. So that is not a huge concern for me from an Iowa perspective. How do they handle Indiana's explosive offense. I think they can defensively. It's how do they handle Micah McFadden, Taiwan Mullen, and Ryder Anderson. That to me is going to be tough. Coming up on segment two, we're going to get into the key matchups and storylines and predictions before taking a look at Iowa State. So stay on the lookout for that in just a few moments after we get back from a few messages from our sponsors. Hey guys, 
So there are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you are sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing, right? Some of you may know that I personally have dealt with this, and I, I really have. I'm not kidding you. When I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. Now listen, I know this isn't life and death, and there are much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest. In the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date, God forbid. I'd much rather not worry about it, and that's why I use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than the most clinical and the most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I have tried clinical antiperspirants, and they are not fun. Sweatblock is though, and it's easy to use. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week and it keeps me dry the entire time. No more pitting out, no more picking my shirts based on which will hide sweat better. So if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out sweat block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or Amazon and CVS. All right, y'all, we are back for segment two of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. And we are kicking it off with our college preview. And we have already started with Indiana talking about their top three offensive and defensive players getting into the matchups. I mentioned this already, but Indiana's rushing attack was not very good last year. However, they're going up against an inexperienced defensive line. By most rushing metrics, Indiana was 114th or worse in the nation. That's how bad they were. However, Iowa replaces three defensive linemen. Now, we chatted with Brett Ciencia of Pick 6 Previews, and he doesn't have a concern with their defensive line. Personally, I I have noticed it as a risk coming into this season, but when you look at the last three years and the fact that Iowa has had to replace a starter, three starters, every single year or more for the last three years, I get a little bit happier about what to expect from this defensive line. I think the one difference is in past years, they had upperclassmen who had gotten experience and rotate in this year. They're replacing these guys with a little bit younger of a crew. Now, John Wagner is not young. Joe Evans is not young, but I'm thinking about Noah Shannon and even him. He's not young, but he hasn't had a significant amount of playing time except for last year. Why a black Logan Jones, um, you know, those are the kind of guys, the defensive tackle spot that I'm a little bit more worried about. How can they step up? John Wagner hasn't even got a lot of playing time to this point. Joe Evans has been used as a pass rush specialist. The only real returning experienced player is Zach Van Valkenburg. So to me, that'll be an interesting uh, matchup to see if Indiana's struggling rushing attack from last year can get it going against an inexperienced defensive line and or can the inexperienced defensive line handle the Indiana rushing attack. The second matchup, Spencer Petras versus an experienced secondary that returns two all Big Ten players. As we all know, we've talked about it a lot. Spencer is arguably one of the re- the big reasons why Iowa lost two games. I would argue play calling was also pretty dismal, and Iowa made several mistakes that hurt them outside of just Spencer. But he's going up against a secondary that lost just one player and led the Big Ten in takeaways. However, they did allow quite a few yards through the air. So they were turnover prone, or I should say they they were very forceful of turnovers, but um, did allow some yards through the air. And it wasn't just that they were getting in, you know, blowouts and uh, people were just trying to pass to, to get the to get back in the game. This 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 secondary does have a little bit of give to it. So can Spencer Petrus make the plays he needs to make without forcing anything against an experienced secondary that has been known for forcing turnovers? That will be a huge matchup. 
honestly, if Spencer Petras can play average and just not force turnover or not throw any interceptions, I think Iowa wins this game. Interceptions is what's going to kill Iowa in this game and what's going to keep Indiana in that game. Because, again, I don't think Indiana's offense is going to get much going against Iowa's defense. And then finally, Iowa's two inexperienced tackles against a team that finished first in sacks in the Big Ten but lost two guys on that defensive line. But, again, they added Ryder Anderson, a transfer from Ole Miss. Iowa, They we understand what they have from an interior perspective. Their interior O-line is going to be stout. Kyler Schott, Tyler Linderbaum, Cody Inc., that is a stout interior offensive line. What can they do? on the outside. I was not overly impressed with Jack Plum. I've said that several times in the show. It'll be interesting to see if he has improved from last year. Um, statistically speaking, he was the worst graded tackle on the team. So to me, it'll be interesting to see if he has improved and how he goes up and handles an Indiana team that finished first in the sacks in the Big Ten. As we know, Spencer Petrus, when he has time in the pocket, when he gets the ball out quickly, when wide receivers are getting open, things go well. When he gets hurried... He struggles. He stops going through his progressions. He doesn't really scramble well, and that becomes a huge issue for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Getting into the storylines, is Michael Penix healthy or not? That's huge. Is Michael Penix healthy or not? That's the ultimate question here. If he is, this will be a different game. If he is not, if he is not ready to go, this is an easy win for Iowa. I think Michael Penix is what makes this Indiana team a ranked squad. Indiana replaces their defensive coordinator. How much did that impact a defense that was one of the best in the nation last year and now going against an offense that does have some skill position players that are studs? Sam Laporta, Tyler Goodson, Tyrone Tracy Jr., Charlie Jones, Nico Reganey. And then finally, did Spencer Petras make the jump? We've heard good things out of camp. We've heard good things from the coaches. Did he make the jump or not? Is he going to be the answer at quarterback for Iowa? If not, this could be a long season. We're going to find out pretty quickly in these first two games. If he is, this could be one of the best seasons in Iowa history. Final storyline. I was going to do three, but the fourth one, Kinnick is about to be bumping. People haven't been in Kinnick for over a year. People are excited. It is going to be rambunctious. And for that reason, I'm predicting Iowa wins 27-13. to Some of you might disagree with me, and that is totally fine. Iowa's offense typically isn't really firing on all cylinders in the first game. But I think they will be motivated and ready to come out here and win. They're going to be excited about the crowd. I do think they're going to start off slow. I think Spencer Petras is going to need to calm down a little bit. But after that first quarter, I think Iowa's going to blow this thing out of the water, win 27-13. to I think Iowa's defense handles Indiana's offense and puts Iowa's offense in a good um, position on the field due to turnovers that they are forcing. So my prediction for this is Iowa wins 27 to 13. Let me know what your thoughts are on that. That is what I am predicting at this time. Coming up on segment number three, we're going to get into the preview for Iowa State, try to wrap that up on today's show. If not, we will move over in tomorrow's, but that will be on segment three of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. We're going to take a quick break for a few messages from our sponsors and get right back into it. You've heard me talk about it before, but Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. It is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have flavors for literally everyone. Sweet, salty, fruity, you name it, they've got it. And all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. 
But the best part about these bars are not just how delicious they are, it is how healthy they are for you as well. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein, between 130 and 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. It is the built bar or the protein bar that is used by the track and field team and is also the protein bar sponsoring BYU walk-ons and paying for their entire scholarship. So why wouldn't you want to try a fantastic tasting protein bar from a company like that? Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and the NFL and college football seasons are right around the corner. Unless you want to bet on preseason games, you can do that right now. But you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs at BetOnline.ag. So before the next pitch or the next snap, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information today. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the games as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs or their path to the Lombardi Trophy. Again, head over to that website, get that free account, and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, y'all, we are back for segment three of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Lockdown Sports Network. We finished up our Indiana preview. I predicted a 27-13 to 13 win. We are going to now get into Iowa State. This is the team that people know a lot more about, so I don't need to go into as many details. We all know about how good Iowa State is going to be this year. If you don't know that, you're not paying attention. Iowa State is not the Iowa State of old. They are a sound football team that we need to be concerned about. So, top three offensive players. This one's pretty easy. Brock Purdy. He is the big catalyst for this Iowa State offense. Since he's joined the program, he has joined around the same time as Matt Campbell, and they have really elevated the success of this program. Last year, 2,750 yards, 19 TDs, 9 interceptions, and a 66.6% completion percentage. He gets the ball out quick, and he is mobile enough to get away from Iowa defenders. This is what I noticed two years ago. They basically game-planned away from A.J. Epineza, and they game plan to get the ball out very, very quickly to basically take advantage of Iowa's bend-but-don't-break defense. That puts a lot of pressure on Iowa as they allow quite a few trips into their side of the field against a team like Iowa State. And then Iowa State, what they did was they lulled Iowa to sleep and then went deep. Iowa doesn't typically get beat deep, but they did a couple times against Iowa State. And in my opinion, it was because they were dinking and dunking the entire time, and then they just waited for the perfect opportunity to take advantage of that. If it wasn't for Iowa State running into their own punt returner, we could have been talking about a whole different last two years. Player number two, Brees Hall. Brees Hall is one of the best players in the entire nation. Last year, 1,572 yards, 21 TDs, a 5.6 yard per carry average. He's getting some Heisman talk. He's getting All-American talk. He's getting, you know top of day two buzz for the NFL draft. Brees Hall is a legitimate threat to score anytime he touches the ball. And Iowa State loves to run the ball. And speaking of who they love to run the ball behind, it is Colin Newell, a first team all big 12 offensive lineman. It was tough not to include Charlie Kohler, who could be an All-American this year. But I think that just goes to show you how good this Iowa State offense can actually be. I included Colin instead of Charlie, though, because Iowa State loves to run the ball, and it starts this this guy specifically up front, and he'll be going up against some fresh defensive linemen, some newer defensive linemen. So how does that all work out? 
I'm going to keep it to two defensive players. Um, Greg Eisworth plays the star position, kind of like Imani Hooker. He is the, the thing that makes Iowa State's defense tick. And Mike Rose, the Big 12 leading 96 tackle linebacker, is so stout in all aspects of the game. They have a, a fantastic trio of linebackers. They lost, I believe, two players in that the entire defense, but Greg Eisworth is a stud. Just think about if we had Monty Hooker for another year. That's what they have in Greg Eisworth. What makes this defense so interesting, though, is the fact that they run a 3-3-3 defense, essentially. Three defensive linemen, three linebackers, and they have three defensive backs right behind them with two other defensive backs on the outside. So they have a bit unique of a defense that is specific to how they play in the Big 12, but that does cause some issues for Iowa. So that gets into my matchups. The first key matchup is Spencer Petras versus a new defense that Iowa State deploys. It's a bit unique, and pressure can come from several areas. That's what a 3-4 does. A 3-3-3, it just adds some of that uniqueness um, because the pressure can come from so many different avenues, and Iowa State has several guys they can plug and play into a couple different spots, so you don't really know where the pressure is coming from at any given point. However, Iowa State's passing defense did somewhat struggle a little bit. They were 76th in completion percentage, 73rd in yards per attempt and 68th in passing yards per game. Some of that is the fact that the Big 12 is a passing league. Some of that is the fact that I think Iowa State isn't as strong in pass defense as national media would like you to believe. So there is going to be some opportunity there. But again, Spencer Petras going up against a unique defense that they don't see is going to be tough. Another key matchup, the quick passing game versus the bend but don't break defense. Iowa prides itself on not giving up big plays. Iowa State will pick apart the team in short throws, though. They did it two years ago. I expect them to do it again. They want to basically neutralize an Iowa defensive line. They want to get the ball out quickly. They want to get three to four yards of chunk plays, and they want to run the ball with Brees Hall, which brings me to my third matchup. Brees Hall versus Iowa's linebackers. This could be the toughest test that linebacker group faces the entire year. Iowa's defensive line is responsible for filling the gaps, and the linebackers are responsible for coming up and stopping the running back. Dayton Belton will also be a huge factor in this as well as he'll likely be playing in that slot role in that dimebacker role as Iowa State does like to spread it out so expect Dane Belton to get a significant amount of playing time and the other piece is Iowa State returns all five offensive linemen so can Iowa's defense handle that offensive line plug the gaps and allow linebackers and Dane Belton to make plays on Brees Hall and can they make plays when Brees Hall gets them they need to make good open field tackles one-on-one tackles otherwise this could be ugly on the offensive side of the ball when Iowa State has the ball Getting into my three storylines, first one, Brees Hall versus Tyler Goodson. Uh, you know, Tyler Goodson is is definitely the second best back, according to national media, in the state of Iowa, but I don't think it's that far away. I just think the fact that Tyler Goodson hasn't had the opportunity to be the, the premium back. He had to share carries with Makai Sargent last year, and rightfully so. Makai Sargent is a good back, but this is going to be a test. Which, per, which running back can really show out the most? Brees Hall, Tyler Goodson, we will see. This is also, I believe, the first-ranked matchup in the history of the game, if not one of the few, which is going to be amazing. It's going to add so much pressure onto this game. It is going to be the most hyped Cyhawk game of all time. And then finally, who is tight end university? Just kidding, but, but kind of serious, because apparently Iowa State does believe that they are tight end university. I think they are misguided on what a tight end university means. Having a good tight end room does not mean you are tight end university. But in all seriousness, Charlie Kohler versus Sam Laporta, who can ball out the most? Um, 
you know, Iowa State fans will find a way to brag about literally anything. They could lose the game by 20, and I'm sure they'll be talking about Charlie Kohler and if he had more catches than Sam Laporta next year. So that'll be an interesting matchup to watch as well. As far as predictions go, this is a toss-up to me. I think it could literally go either way. Both these teams are pretty evenly matched. They kind of like to do similar things. Um, you know, run the ball, establish the run, opens up the pass, stout defense. That is how Iowa State plays. That's how Iowa plays as well. Uh, I'm going to predict an Iowa win. And the reason why I say that is this is the first time Iowa is going to be coming into a game against Iowa State in a very long time as truly the underdog. They are ranked lower than Iowa State. Iowa State has been getting a ton of love talking about college ball playoff love versus Iowa has not. I think Iowa players are annoyed by this. I think they have a chip on their shoulder, which is something they haven't really had, right? You have the motivation of playing in the Cyhawk series, but now you have the motivation of knocking off Iowa State and shutting them up. You heard from Tory Taylor a couple weeks ago. He's not even he's not even from America. He has not grown up with the Cyhawk series. Yet he knows how annoying Cyclone fans have been and he wants to play them. He is excited to play the Cyclones because he wants to beat them. That is the kind of outlook that this Iowa Hawkeye team has. And then factor in the guys who have grown up seeing this Cyhawk series. This is going to be a very big game for them, taking down a very strong Iowa State team. So I am predicting a very close win, uh, something like 21 to 20, 23 to 20, something in that avenue. I think Iowa does come ahead to start the season 2 0. That does do it for our show today. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, just a reminder, we will have previews every single day this week, breaking down all the Power 5 games that Iowa has in this season, two each and every day. We'll be breaking down any of the breaking news from this past week next week when I get back, so stay tuned for that. I apologize. I just need to take uh, vacation. I'm in Alaska having a blast, so hope you all are having a good week. And if you want more Lockdown content, betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast at. And that will do it for our show today. Just a heads up, we will actually be coming to YouTube soon as well. So be on the lookout for that and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate you listening in, appreciate your love and support. Have a fantastic Monday and let's go Hawks.